Welcome to MIA 2K, your ticket from Miami to Seoul. We're Kathy and Laura, and we're so happy you could join us today. You probably know us from, just kidding, you don't know us yet. We're just two Miami girls with obsessive fandom tendencies who fell into the inescapable void of Korean entertainment. And we're here to share our insights and spill all the tea only grown fans like us can enjoy. We've done all the research and acclimating so you don't have to. Before we begin, please make sure you're following us wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And if you love visuals like us, you can watch us on our YouTube channel. We drop episodes with our hot and sunny takes every week. So hi, guys. Our podcast today is about our experience at the Head in the Clouds Music Festival, which uh, took place in Pasadena, California, just about two months ago before Omicron hit us all in the face. Um, and we'll talk about how we ended up there, how Laura dragged her poor husband, Ryan, uh, on this adventure with us. Uh, we're going to talk about the lineup, of course, the food, which is very important uh, also, and everything in between. So I guess we should start on how we, we ended up there. <laughs> right. Okay, so let's give a little bit of background because probably literally no one else has heard about Head in the Clouds except everybody who was there. I think people have, maybe just not people in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Florida man, not aware of Head in the Clouds. Everyone else nope. might have some knowledge. Okay, so just a brief overview. Head in the Clouds first came on the scene in 2018, presented by 88 Rising. We are not sponsored, but wearing our 88 Rising shirts. So if you want to watch our podcast on YouTube, you can see us uh, matching today, being cute, sponsored, you know, not sponsored people. But whatever. So it was presented by 88 Rising, a music collective and management company geared towards representing Asian artists. The media often refers to Head in the Clouds as Asian Coachella, which I think totally makes sense now that I went, like, we went to it. It took place first weekend of November at the Rose Bowl, which sounds very legit to me in California. Mm. How we ended up there, I saw a flyer on Instagram and I innocently sent it to Laura. And I really didn't think anything of it. I swear. I, I just saw like Jay was on it or Ej, and I sent it to her. And then I don't know how, but like two, three months later, there we were. <laughs> and then I just wanted to, before I hand this off to Laura to give her perspective on it, just shout out to Ryan for tolerating us both and coming on this trip and like making us feel protected and just vibing the whole time because he was a trooper while we were living our best lives and maybe he was not as much so yeah just so everybody knows ryan is my hus my husband yes, yes. who is not into anything <laughs> that we are right <laughs> yeah 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 so I am one of those people that loves to travel in general, and I love to travel for concerts. I've done it for other artists. Even if I'm not super into them, I still, whatever, I'll do it. I don't really care. So when Kathy sent it, I was like, perfect. It has been a horrible two years, and we're supposed to be like almost there. Right. So I, I convinced her and my husband to go. My husband and I had a trip planned for October, and I basically told him, I was like, what if instead of October, we do November and as the start of our trip, we go to the festival and he was like, oh, whatever. So that was a yes. And that's how we ended up at Head in the Clouds. <laughs> I mean, you know, not for nothing, but I think it's really wild that we ended up uh, 
all the way in California on the other side of the country in the midst of a global pandemic, like, you know, Delta was still kind of like a thing. And for people that we didn't even stand that hard. And like, I'm speaking for myself here. I barely knew Ege. Like I liked his personality, uh, but I really did not know like DPR's music. Laura has been working at this guys. I cannot express enough how hard she's been trying to get me to like DPR. And it was an uphill battle and I'm not proud of it because now I do like them. I do like their music. I do understand their message and the logic behind who they are but it was a long time coming and it wasn't easy and by the time that we decided to go I still didn't even like Jam and Butterfly which is like a great song so it to me I know but for me yeah I just like I went along with it I knew I needed the adventure like Laura said it was two years of like hell and after a lot of things that happened last year I was like you know what I'm ready to put a bow on this year by having a great time in November with my friend and her husband and jamming to these artists and like I do because I do have a raver background because I used to go to ultra you know just girly things in Florida uh, <laughs> I I was like yeah I do miss festivals and I do miss the shit show of it all so like you know fuck it let's go I would like to point out that I was into k-hip-hop and k-r-n-b before I was even into k-pop fair enough so I discovered dpr before I discovered bts so i've been i've liked them for a little bit i like dpr life a little bit more than dpr ian sorry (laughs) but like uh but it's fine it's fine they're great and and i mean i know it was the pandemic but like the way that they structured the festival makes made us feel a little bit safe because you have to be vaccinated and it was outdoors and one of the reasons we bought VIP tickets was because usually VIP section is a little bit more open, less people. And so that was like points for it. One of the things that they did, which I thought was a great idea, was for um, vaccination, uh, not approval, but um, check. They used a clear app, which you did before you got to the festival. And all you did there was you just showed your phone that had like a green square. So it was really easy for the people checking to to know whether you actually were vaccinated or not. It sped up the process a lot and like airports now are using the clear app and stuff. So it's very legit. Yeah, they had like a festival app which showed a map of the whole festival where everything was, uh, the lineup, like you could create your own schedule so you wouldn't miss your faves. It was like really, really good. And I just want to be friends with whoever planned that. It was amazing. And... One of the other reasons why we chose VIP was because of the bathrooms, because we are not into 20 minute lines just to get into a disgusting porta potty or UTIs. Also, yes, we are not into that. So it 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 honestly made sense. And it wasn't even that expensive. No, the price difference was totally justified to do the VIP thing. So, So we talked about how we got there. In logistics, let's talk about the people, the artist. Right. So again, like I said, I had zero clue about 95% of the lineup. When we got the tickets, which was like August, I think, from August to November. Mm -hmm. In August, I only knew who DPR and Ege were. 
I kind of knew about CL, obviously, and I knew Saweetie. Like, Saweetie was the one person that, like, when I told friends that are not privy to this side of the world of entertainment and, you know, Korean artists or Asian artists in general, I basically was like, Saweetie is the one person that you might know that is going there. That's who I was kind of excited to see for the most part. Um... But then Spotify dropped these things called blended playlists and it did one for, it made one for Laura and myself. And like, we tapped into it. And first of all, it told us that we're 96% compatible. Uh, Hello. We are literally the same person (laughs) for a little bit, you know, but that 4% is tangible though. Like the 4% is is strong, which is good. It's great. Like we we can't actually be the same person. Exactly. That's necessary. So when the blended playlist came into my life, that's when I had no choice but to stand DPR. That's when I really, I couldn't escape the music. I was trying not to skip the songs actively. I was in the shower and I was like, mm, I kind of like this. I, you know, and then I would look and I was like, oh, it's DPR. Oh, it's, it's happening. It's starting. DPR life. Just making sure. I like DPR Ian's music. I'm not going to front and say that I don't like or I don't thirst for him as a d- delicious, you know, beautiful man more than his music. What I think is DPR Ian's strength is the visuals. They have like a Christopher Nolan approach to their music video making. So I think that's DPR Ian's contribution to the DPR regimen, like collective. But I do like his music a lot. So just yeah. stop hating on him, please. I don't hate you. on him. It's just his music is very emo like 2000 emo which isn't bad I was super into 2000 emo music but now I vibe definitely more with DPR live who's not like party party but it's still like it's vibing like it's chill it's good it is a vibe yeah it's great absolutely and then DPR um, (laughs) DPR, we gang gang for sure um so yeah Jay's music I did not know more than like two or three songs he had featured on And then I looked actively into like head in the clouds artist uh, playlist so I could like get to know everybody. So from that, I kind of started liking CL and I know I'm again, we're super late to the K-pop game. So like I know CL is like an icon and now I'm obsessed with her and I've seen stories and videos about her. So I know she has a very, very long career and I'm late and I'm sorry for that. My queen, I worship you. Alpha is everything. Taya Cherry is everything. Like all the songs are everything. So please forgive me for being an ignorant, like useless peasant. Sorry. Um, I also liked uh, Nikki. But she was also very emo. So like the whole playlist, you have to be in a specific mood to listen to this. So anyway, I just stuck to DPR and CL basically prior to the festival. I tried listening to the playlist because Kathy would send them to me, but I would just end up skipping out and just going back to this is DPR live on Spotify. And I do it again because I love him. And that's that. After when we got to the festival, I think it was a day two, I think maybe, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, the Linda Lindas were playing on the, not day the two. main stage. I had heard about them earlier and I loved them and it was really fun to listen to them. And then again, now as a result of the festival and everybody that we did see there, again, obsessed with CL, worship the ground she walks on. And uh, I really got into BB as well, obsessed with her. She's She's the baddest bitch. I love her. She's everything that the Korean entertainment music is against. And I stand her so hard for that. Yeah, she was she's part of this like music 
collective uh, collective called feel good music and um they did a set and tiger jk came out and he was like you guys don't know me i'm too fucking old but it's okay you're vibing with me and my husband to this day still talks about it and i really appreciated that because he's not like a puerto right <laughs> he's around our age and yeah. And that felt good. No offense to Warren Hugh. I'm sorry. You're just very young. Yeah, Warren Hugh was so adorable. He's I'm great. really He's great. and he had really good music. They all had really good stage presence. A lot Thank of you. these artists came on the scene in the past two years, so they've never performed live before. And performing in front of 30,000 people when you've never performed before is huge. Uh, mm-hmm. or when you're out of practice in general. Yeah. So I I really I was very impressed with that. Uh, and the last person that I'll talk about, and before I say this, let me start with a disclaimer. We <laughs> don't cancel people on this podcast. Uh, we're not looking to be canceled ourselves. So any fans of these people do not come for me. I did not send for you. I'm just making a statement based on what happened and my personal experience. So as I said before, I was really excited to see Saweetie because people knew her. I knew her. Yeah, my best friend. She a real bad bitch. Got her own money. You know, all the that, remix I was is great. The remix is amazing with Jamie. Well, she has a lot of remixes to the song, but the one with Jamie in particular is amazing. Yeah. yeah. So I was really excited to just see her set. And then <clears throat> when her set was supposed to start, I was alone. Laura and Ryan were getting food or something. So they got there and they were the ones that pointed out to me that she was 20 minutes late uh, to her set. Like her set was supposed to start and she hadn't started it. So, you know, whatever. We know that like with uh, LA traffic festivals, shit happens. We can totally understand an artist being late. But when she came on and started her set, like didn't mention it, just, you know, didn't even acknowledge that it was a thing. And then she did like three or four songs. And then she kind of like stopped for a little bit, went to talk to someone. And then she was like, oh, they're telling me to do another song. What do you guys want to hear or something like that? And it was just like, she didn't want to be there. You know, this was like an easy check for her for a very uh, small set. And this wasn't really her crowd. I just I did not fuck with that from her at all. So that kind of turned me off of her a little bit. And that's that. Yeah, I have to agree with Kathy. That one comment was just, it it didn't sound well. It it just wasn't. Every other artist before her had been so excited to perform. And the energy was so amazing because, you know, we've been stuck in our in our rooms, in our apartments, in our houses for so long. And to be able for them to be able to stand in front of so many people that are so excited to see them it it, the energy was so good so for her to say something like that it just kind of was like all right I I guess the only excited people are us not you totally it wasn't cute it really wasn't cute yeah it it was not so that was that was the my take and and Mm -hmm. my uh experience and Laura's as she's partaking here but again not canceling her I'm sure she'll make a ton of other bops for us to you know Uh, jam to and hopefully her next appearances uh, she'll be a little bit more excited to be there as much as the fans are so yeah so another highlight of the festival was the food I I was actually telling Kathy that I had never been to a festival I don't know how but I had never been to a festival so I really wasn't expecting much food wise um but boy was I wrong (laughs) the food was a highlight like the one thing I regret is not 
branching out and tasting more food because we were in the VIP area and in the place that we chose to sit both days we had like six uh six food stalls really close to us with zero line so we kind of stayed within those six Mm -hmm. but once we decided to branch out on the second day it was freaking amazing Kathy, please. Yeah, the branching how amazing out, it was. The branching out was the highlight of my entire trip, honestly. Uh, so the food is catered by uh, or presented by this collective called Six to Six Night Market, and they just basically have a bunch of vendors and they have an actual place where you can go get their food. But they cater a lot of different festivals, and uh, one of the participants, vendors, restaurant establishments, people. Uh, are called Fat Dragon. And let me tell you, if I lived in LA, I might just go there every single day because was it the orange chicken? Is that what we had? Yes, it was the orange chicken. It was, I've had orange chicken before. I love orange chicken. You know, there's from every cuisine, Indian, like, you know, uh, Chinese, anything, any restaurant that has orange chicken, will that will probably be the one thing that I select from it. This orange chicken was like no other that I've had before. And I am still salivating because of it. I was trying to get Laura to agree to go to Fat Dragon in NLA another random day because I just wanted to have it in my mouth again. Uh, But we ended up not going. So sad face. I guess I'll have to go back to LA at another point and have some more orange chicken from Fat Dragon. But that it really hit the spot and it was just so everything. So I, I really enjoyed it. It really was. And in and, and this particular part, like in the food lines and the food, food stalls, the VIP ticket proved itself. Like we were able to get food on both days within like 15 minutes of, you know, you make the line 15 minutes, you're up the front, you're ordering. Mm-hmm. It, it, we tried, my husband and I, Ryan and I tried to get, they were having this alcoholic boba specially made for uh, the festival. So I wanted to try it and we tried going to the general section to go buy it, but the lines for everything were so freaking long. We were like, no man, like we didn't pay to be in lines. We just want to sit. I'm not about this. So in the food sections, it really paid to pay for the VIP ticket because the lines were short. The food was delicious. It wasn't the orange chicken, but what we did have right next to us was really delicious like I really wasn't expecting that type of quality from a festival at all and like it was a lot of creative vendors like the pizza cupcakes and like the the tacos and stuff all those things were really good so So I regret nothing I totally was enthralled with everything that I ate and tried honestly I would have liked to try more that's the only thing I regret sure yeah no I I get that aside from the food I guess the other thing that we wanted to talk about was the fashion, because now that we are in this uh, global sphere, and I think Laura in general has been very good about experimenting with style. She doesn't really subscribe to the usual trends and stuff. I'm much more on the safe, girly uh, you know, side of things, but I really admire Laura for stepping out of her comfort zone and, and, you know, wearing so many like fun things I have never, but this whole experience has inspired me and seeing so much of like the K hip hop and K pop styling choices really has permeated into my bloodstream. And Amazing. I was very, very much about that life of 
experimenting during this festival. So I will try to put some pictures maybe here uh, for those of us not watching on YouTube, please come to YouTube and watch uh, so you can get the pictures of our or incredible Instagram. styling. Huh? Or Instagram. Or Instagram for our incredible styling. And, you know, like Laura showed her glasses a little bit ago. This is one of the days, one of the glasses that I wore, which are a total vibe. And I'm not going to take my headphones off because it's annoying. But I also wear this gorgeous bucket hat from Trixie Cosmetics because I stan all the things. If it has a fandom, I'm part of it. So, yeah, the, the, the aesthetic and the vibes for this festival were very much like day one for me was like I wore the Big Titty Gang from Stadium LA, his company and his clothing brand that he makes. Uh, and the big titty thing is uh, proceeds from that go to breast cancer foundations. And it's an amazing mission. So I love rocking that shirt. And I did get shouted out by people that were also wearing big titty gang shirts. So shout out to everybody that was part of the big titty gang at the Head in the Clouds Festival. Uh, so I wore that. And then I <clears throat> I probably will men mention this during other podcasts, but I am getting attacked, dragged, bullied. And uh, just <laughs> frankly, uh, I am in distress because of the, the, the revenge of the safety pins against me. Uh, Laura's laughing because she knows every time that we see an artist right now, uh, they're wearing safety pins in a very ironic way. So I, I decided that I want to take matters into my own hands and see what the safety pin life was about. And I bought these like yoga pants that were like split on the side, but you know, my whole ass a was scandalous, out. a little scandalous. My whole ass was, but like out. good. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. It was fine. So I used a little bit of like fashion tape and safety pins, uh, like big safety pins. Like they were supposed to make a statement. It wasn't like a, whatever, like oh, a, like a minor. Right, 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 right. It was, it was very deliberate. So I lived my best life, uh, taking, you know, I took back the power from the safety pins that they have over me. No, just kidding. It was just for that day. They still own me. Uh, so that, that was that. And also I started my journey into the bad bitch, thick combat boot collective. And now I only wear combat boots. And especially if they look like they can take someone out with just one hit anyway, um, for, again, for those of you listening, you can definitely check out our podcast video on YouTube mm -hmm. and go to our Instagram and you'll see more pictures of, uh, our amazing fashion choices yes. for that weekend. For me, uh, my first day outfit was whatever. Um, the one thing I did do right was wear a skirt. It was roomy. It was great. I don't think your amazing. first day outfit was whatever. I was very inspired by your first day outfit. Really? It, it was all right. It, but yeah. the biggest thing was it was comfortable. My was. second day outfit, I liked better because it had the color red. That's my favorite color. The one thing that I would recommend to everybody out there is don't wear tight jeans. Do oh, not yeah. wear tight jeans if you're going to sit on the ground. Yeah. I could not breathe. I couldn't figure out how to look cool while I was sitting on the ground and not being able to breathe. At one point, it got really cold. So I put on my jacket that I made. If you're looking at the YouTube please, video, you could please, see it. <laughs> please watch the video. It's gorgeous. Whatever. It's fine. Um, at one point, it got really cold. So I put on the jacket and I was like, I have a jacket on. I could unbutton my jeans. And then I breathe for the first time in the whole day so if you have cute jeans but they're a little bit uncomfortable to sit in the ground just don't wear them yeah and I was also more about my day two look it was more of like the 
more of my vibe because the first day i was playing a character i think of myself or like i was playing into one of my personalities <laughs> uh day two was very much me with like white jeans with like this gorgeous top that i got off of amazon and i just gorgeous. felt like a you know bad bitch that i am and it just it really projected that inner uh personality of mine and i wore blue eyeliner so that's how you know i'm a business yes it's true and then another thing that i've always been envious of which is not a cute look but like i can't help it it's fine is during my years of life um you don't need to know how many um <laughs> i have learned that hoes do not get cold and i don't mean hoes in a derogatory manner no I just mean hoes don't get cold. And the amount of women that were wearing very revealing outfits, which looked amazing on them, was there was a lot of them. I don't know how it, it got really cold at night, um, but they were rocking it. I was so envious. Like, I wish I wish I could do that. Um, but it, it, it was it was really great. Like. I. Clothes don't get cold dude they really don't like we both were more <laughs> clothes on day two and also we were there during time change so it got yeah. darker faster on sunday and it was colder and these girls were wearing nothing like the skimpy outfits obsessed with them like go for it during the day they were fine because it was sunlight so it was you were okay yeah but once the sun like went down it was oh, game I, over i yeah. i we were both fully covered and I was freezing the whole time. Two jackets and everything. Everything. It it, it kind of reminded me of uh, we my friends and I. We went to this pirate festival. <laughs> That's a thing in Tampa called Gasparilla. And again, hose don't get cold. It was like forty degrees. I was wearing long sleeve pants, a jacket, and they were wearing the cutest shorts with like cutout shirts, and it it was a lot. But I, I just wish I could be them because I also want to And be cool, that's on not. being Latin American and mom telling you that you're going to catch the sereno and, you know, you're going to get cold after 6 p.m. And you need to, you know, bring a jacket for everything. So that's on that. Also our thyroid problems. <laughs> also our thyroid problems. Yes. It's fine. It's fine. We move yeah. on. We live. We survive. We did. It's cool. With that said, Head in the Clouds was incredible. It was an amazing break to our two year almost uh drought of fun and just you know lighthearted excitement music concerts it was that first experience that we all kind of were eager to have after being locked down for so long the only thing or we wish there was a better logistical approach to was the uber pickup because yeah. the rose bowl has very like one area where you can be picked up and on day one, we were both dropped off and picked up at the wrong spot. So we just yeah. we had to walk way more than most people did, which like if you're already standing all day or walking around all day, it's exhausting. So yeah. and especially by the end of the day, like we really couldn't have been more tired. So the the pickup spot for ride shares are just could be improved. That was the only thing that I could have yeah. said. When they sent the survey, I really sent so many positive comments because that's all I have to say. Uh, by the time that we went to head in the clouds in early November, we already knew that we were coming back within two to three weeks for the uh, BTS concerts in LA uh, because we're that extra. And we were just hyper aware 
especially after experiencing the shit show at SoFi Stadium, which you'll hear about in our next episode about the PTD in LA concert. So stay tuned for that. Uh, but just the way better management that had uh, gone into play at Head in the Clouds versus the BTS concert at SoFi Stadium, literally zero reflection of BTS. Uh, I'm talking about the management at SoFi Stadium. Uh, Head in the Clouds really had their shit together. Uh, they had special lanes for VIP. We made no lines in VIP for anything. Uh, the Again, like Laura mentioned, the clear app for the vaccinations or if people had tests instead. Uh, they We had really the smoothest experiences getting in and out of the venue after Head in the Clouds. And it was 30,000 attendees. So it's a lot of people. There were 50,000 for the BTS concerts. But, you know, it was they they still could have done better, which I mean, they did on day two. Uh, of the concerts for PTD. But again, we'll talk about that in another uh, podcast. And just to mention, the tragedy of Astroworld had happened just a day before Head in the Clouds. So I Mm -hmm. think that made the event organizers even more aware of, Mm -hmm. you know, the potential dangers that could have taken place. So for the first day of Head in the Clouds, they made announcements throughout the day from the stage asking fans to please take steps back. Please not crush anyone. Please be mindful of people. So, and then for day two, they had them recorded and, you know, uh, polished to make it extra official. But we really appreciate all of the thought that the 88 Rising Head in the Clouds collective put into the logistics of the event because it, it truly went incredible from mm-hmm. our perspective. And uh, they had every precaution in mind for the safety of the attendees, which is what made it such a great experience for people like mm-hmm. us. We're not 20 anymore. So we're a we lot could more... be. You don't know my life. Sure. Uh, but we, <laughs> we really like to enjoy ourselves and be comfortable and be safe. And we felt all those things at the festival. So shout out to the 88 Rising and Head in the Clouds planning committee. It's, it's very true. It's so much true that even my husband, who is not into anything, literally, except, you know, his own things, uh, has said, yeah, I'm game for next year. Like, just let me know we're, we're there. It was it was truly it was truly amazing. Um, one thing that I wanted to point out was um, at first we were a little bit weary of how much different the VIP experience would be from the general section. And I'm, I'm really only bringing it up because we did, you know, we did pay a little bit more and they, they did do it right. Like it, it felt very different. The lines were much shorter. The bathrooms were cleaner. Everything was really, really good. Aside from that, I think the people attending were also really amazing because every time they would say, yeah, please, everybody, step back people would actually step back everybody was really respectful and welcoming i guess i I mean as somebody who hasn't really been into korean entertainment in general until very recently i didn't feel weird i didn't feel like oh you know one of those like whatever um so it was really nice to be there i am ready to buy this year's ticket like tomorrow yesterday same already Let's do it. Absolutely. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the MIA2K podcast. We have lots of great content coming up ahead. So please don't forget to follow and subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. 
And if you enjoyed our episodes, please rate us five stars. And for the real-time tea, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Facebook by searching for at MIA2K Podcast. Dale! Bye!